Welcome to the Open Bedroom Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Kalo. Welcome to conversations about open relationships, online dating, conscious uncoupling, and creating the relationship that truly aligns for you. If you enjoy this podcast, I hope that you do a couple things for us. Would you subscribe? Would you write a review? Maybe share us with your friends. And if you extra, extra like us, there's a link in the show notes here for my Patreon that does help pay for the creation of this podcast. And lastly, follow us on The Open Bedroom. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, I love to tell you about my Patreon account. So as many of you know, as things become more and more censored, it's harder for content creators like us to stay live on these amazing platforms like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So what I've done is our spicier content now lives over on Patreon. We currently have some really fun episodes up, like how to give amazing blowjobs. I also just recorded and uploaded my night in a dungeon with a dominatrix. What can you expect? Weekly episodes and weekly content, some of it being sex ed, some of it being story and erotic telling, like I just did with my night in the dungeon, some of it being more podcasting where we have a guest on. So for an entry price right now of $5 per month, you can hop into my Patreon account and check it out. Check the show notes below for more information. Hope to see you there. Bye. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I have Brianna Carey. Her and her husband, Mark, own Intimacy Evolution. They own a... a, a huh, let's see. Where I guess I should start is like your husband is the licensed therapist. You are the amazing coach. And through this process of like having babies and going through that with your body and going through that with your relationship, your specialty is women that are postpartum mm -hmm. that are trying to bring themselves back into their bodies and who are they and their sexuality, right? And yeah. so today our conversation, we're going to call this, um, what are we going to call this? Postpartum intimacy, how to reconnect just period. Cause like how to reconnect in all the ways. Yeah. So Brianna, would you introduce yourself? And I'm just going to call you Brie because Brianna is like Perfect. so formal. Yeah. Brie, tell Brie. us all about you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, to share a little bit more today. Um, like you said, I am a postpartum relationship and intimacy coach and my journey, I've been a sexual health educator for 15 years now. And after we had our first kiddo almost eight years ago, eight years in September, um, uh, literally our, our intimate world got flipped upside down, um, as well as our relationship, you know, a lot of, uh, we don't talk about how impactful having a baby is on just the relationship dynamic in general. Um, and so we had to navigate a lot <laughs> together and learn. And in that I realized there's no support out there for women and couples during this phase. And so we created <laughs> the, the resources and support that we wished we had had, um, when we were going through this. I can't wait to hear more. Like, I want you to really dive into the details because yeah. you and I were sitting at a table at, 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 I don't remember where we were, if it was the Austin thing, or if it was recently when we were in New Orleans and you were talking about your experience 
having these babies and afterwards, Mm -hmm. and then the finally having the sex again and all of that. And, and my story feels very different from yours. So I was like, this is fascinating. And we need to have her come on the podcast and talk about this. So would you like, just, just dive in, just give us all the information. Okay. Perfect. Give us a story. So, yeah. Um, so with our son, um, it was a typical pregnancy, like no complications, nothing. When I think I was like 39 weeks and four days, like when I went into labor, like everything was fine. Um, it was a really quick labor. Um, I did end up having a second degree labial tear during that. So it was only like three stitches. Um, but nothing was like shared on how to heal from that. I was completely oblivious. I was like, okay, got a couple of stitches. They'll they're dissolvable. Like it'll heal, move on with life. Right? right. So I was also, um, breastfeeding and, um, navigating all of the things. And when I went to my six week appointment, my midwife, gave me the all clear to resume normal activities. (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. What does that actually mean? Mentally? I don't feel like whatever those normal activities are. Um, physically I'm exhausted. And so thankfully my husband is just very, um, supportive and laid back. And, you know, I hear a lot of stories of where women are, um, feel somewhat pressured, uh, at that six week appointment. I joke that the six week appointment is the only date that a man actually remembers. <laughs> um, because we've, it's become synonymous with six week checkup to mean, get back to having sex. And that is absolutely not what that means. It just means that you no longer have a gaping wound inside of your uterus where your placenta was and, you know, your stitches have healed and things like that. Um, And the normal activities can be getting back to exercising or, you know, doing different things like that. And yes, you can, if you feel up to it, get back to sex, but just, we'll get into this a little bit more because that's where I'm about to head. So about eight weeks is when we tried to have sex for the first time, literally just the tip. And I was like, get away from me. Like it was excruciating pain, almost I think it was worse than actually having childbirth. Like for me, like I walked into my doctor's office, nine centimeters dilated, had a natural birth, like, and this was more painful to me. Like I was like, get away. So we're like, okay. And like I said, I've been a sexual health educator. We knew to use lubricant. We knew foreplay, all of the things. And it was still very painful. So we attempted a few more times. And by my fourth month postpartum, I was like, this is just isn't this something's not right. And so I went to my midwife again. I was like, I'm in pain. I can't have sex with my husband. So she did another exam. She's like, no, everything's great. Um, you know, have a couple glasses of wine to help you relax and just make sure you're using plenty of lubrication. And I, my jaw dropped. Like I was just astonished that this was the medical advice being given to women and have, had I not had my background of sexual health education, Mm -hmm. I don't know where I would be today because in that moment, as a woman, I felt broken. I was like, is this really my life? Is this, I'm not going to be able to enjoy sex with my husband again. He's like, I felt guilty. I started feeling a lot of guilt because I couldn't 
connect with him in this way, in a way that he enjoys as well. His love language is physical touch. He's a sexual on the erotic blueprint, like Mm -hmm. all of the things. I'm like, and I can't give that to him. And now that's not the only thing that our relationship is based on, but that is a level of intimacy that we wanted to have. And I did, I went home and I cried and I was like, what am I going to do? And then I was like, if I'm getting this advice, I know other women are getting this advice and this is not okay. And this needs to stop. And so I started researching what was wrong with me, why I was not, you know, and then I realized, oh, you have to, you know, scar tissue and you have to, you know, massage and break that up, break up the scar tissue and heal that area where there's an incision. Um, you know, I had vaginismus. So the involuntary spasms of the vaginal muscles, um, my theory is that having a vaginal birth, especially since he did get stuck, um, a little bit, and that's what caused the tearing. That's the last thing my vagina remembered was pain. (laughs) And so it was going into protective mode. And this happens a lot with, um, sexual assault, um, survivors and, and just different things that happen. Um, even women that have C-sections can have this as well. Like your body just goes into a protective mode. And so it was shutting down. It did not want anything to come in there because it was also still healing. Um, and so I, I came up with a regimen to help myself get back to associating pleasure instead of pain Mm -hmm. and relaxing those muscles. So we could engage in, in sex again. Okay. I have so many things to say, (laughs) and I want to know what you did to reprogram your vagina. Cause that's amazing. Yeah. I love your, hold on real real quick. I just want to speak to the two things that I had written down really quick while we're still in this first segment and then bring me into the things that you did. I was just listening to Glennon Doyle. Have you, Mm. do you like, do you follow Glennon Doyle at all? A little bit. Yeah. Like we can do hard things. Yes. She has a podcast and it's so freaking good. And I was just listening to the latest one this morning and she talks about the story where she's sitting in her therapist's office and she's telling her therapist, I don't feel any connection with my husband. I don't want to have sex with him. I literally am not attracted to him. I can't do this again. And her therapist looks at her and says, well, I think you should just try blowjobs. They're less intimate. What? Shut those feelings inside. Just give them we a blowjob. Yeah. This okay. feels equally to that, right? Where she was yes. like, just drink some wine and use a lot of lube and like grin and bear it and yeah. see what happened. Numb yourself yeah. out so he can stick his wiener inside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disassociate, disconnect. And that's where I find a lot of women, um, a lot of struggles stem from in the relationship is because of that. Probably just in general, not even yeah. having to do with your vagina, just no, numbing out j- just numbing out. Yeah. 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 Disconnecting from how you actually feel. Yeah. And that feels like a conversation all on its own. Like the, the, how to stay present, because I think as a society, we've forgotten how to not numb Mm. for me, numbing out would be my phone being on my phone, being able to, it's such an easy numbing device. You just Mm -hmm. get on Facebook and you start or you get on Instagram and you look at pretty pictures, you get on your Pinterest board and you look up what to make for dinner. Like there's so many ways to numb out. It's not even that it has to be drugs or that it has to be alcohol or that it has to be 
looking at porn or whatever. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Netflix, what, like anything, literally anything that just allows you just to check out. Yeah. yeah. Being present is hard. Mm-hmm. It's become hard, I think, in our society. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. The screens, screens have impacted us a lot, you know, where there's always, there's always two sides of it, right? There's the great. And then there's the, the downfall. So it, it's finding the harmony in that. Um, I don't, I don't like to say balance a whole lot with different, with things, um, but almost a harmony with it. Cause sometimes it's nice. Like I do just need to veg out and like binge a show one day, but I'm not going to do that every day. You know, like I'm going to allow myself some time to, to do that and then like get back to life, you know? So I love that. Okay. So the second thing that I wrote down when you said, I just felt broken Mm. this part of me, like, you know, when you hear bad news or you're really sad and like your body physically hurts in your chest, I still feel that because my first (laughs) ex-husband, my kid's dad, we had a hard time staying pregnant. So I miscarried Mm. multiple times and had to have my fallopian tubes flushed in order to actually get pregnant yeah, and to be able to keep the baby. And I remember like every time that I would miscarry, I think I had three total. He would just be like, you must be broken. Like, <gasps> you, There's something <sighs> wrong. You must be broken. And I'm like, who would say that to another human? Yeah. And that stuff doesn't go away. You forget. You remember that forever. Those words don't fade away. No words are powerful. They are. Yeah. So anyway, I hope people listening never use that phrase on their person. And then to realize that you're, that you're not broken. Right. For sure. There's so many different ways to get pregnant, to, um, I love this. You're about to tell us how you reconnected to your vagina to massage the, the scarring. I want to hear more about that too. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pass this back to you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. So I realized, um, again, I wasn't told anything about public floor therapy or anything like that. So if you're currently pregnant, thinking about getting pregnant or just had a baby or have whenever, Pelvic floor therapy is a must, not just when you start leaking, like you can have pelvic floor therapy, um, to, to, for the duration, it actually supports you in your birth and after. So that would have also helped with my pelvic pain. Um, so I didn't discover that until my second child, (laughs) but what I did with this one is I, I realized that because my muscles were spasming, I needed to help them relax. And so, um, vibration is really good for that. Um, I, I sold adult toys for a long time and I actually had a lot of cancer patients that were, um, didn't have a lot of sensitivity in their genitals anymore because of chemo and different treatments. And so, um, vibration helps to re-stimulate those nerve endings and bring, um, those connections back. And so what I did is I would start doing some manual stimulation with like my two fingers and I'm like doing my, you know, vagina gang sign here. So I would on the labia, I would just massage around the scar tissue, um, and, and just like help break that up. So about five, 10 minutes, I would just gently massage, um, around that area. Um, and then I would eventually start using just a regular bullet, 
um, on a low setting and do the same thing. I would just take it and like put it around the scar tissue, working my way to the center of the tissue where that like little like pebble knot you can feel. And like, I would just kind of press on that and it just helped to, um, dissipate and break that scar tissue up. And then I would also just continue like doing the, the vibration around my vulva, um, kind of right around the opening. And just like, again, bring that blood flow back to the genitals, bring the wake, uh, like waking up those nerve endings and get my body used to touch in that area and a safe touch. I had to reconnect my brain and my body. And, um, eventually like my husband during, and I, during that time would do a lot of mutual masturbation. So that way we're still connecting intimately. Um, again, I am creating safety within myself and, um, with my body to have an orgasm or to just experience pleasurable touch. Sometimes it didn't even mean orgasming, but just that pleasurable touch and that connection again, mentally connecting with my husband, physically connecting to myself and enjoying that time. And then I would start inviting his hand, you know, to just hover over my vulva to massage around, you know, just do a nice like yoni massage, but not go internal yet. And again, now I'm creating that safety with his touch and my body. And it allowed me to just do some breathing. And again, we're taking any type of sex off the table. So that is not the pressure. There's not pressure behind it. Mm -hmm. It's just connecting. And it was a process, but it made such a difference for us. And then eventually it was lots of lube, put just the tip in, hold and breathe, like go in a little bit more and breathe, like really just making sure my muscles were staying relaxed and I was staying in my body. And then eventually, you know, and again, it wasn't going to be full on sex, but at least I was getting used to that. You know, also you could start with just a vibrator, inserting the vibrator completely to your comfort and then having your partner go in. Cause again, that must, that vibration is going to help relax those muscles mm-hmm. and then makes it easier for penetration for them. Um, but just go slow, take the pressure off of any sort of like expectations that you had to like, you know, the sex that you had before is not going to be sex right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and eventually you will get there again, you know, especially if you're breastfeeding, then your estrogen's down and your natural lubrication is down and, you know, you're not going to physically feel aroused and, and desire to have sex. You have to schedule it. You have to work up to it. Again, the more you start having those orgasms, the more your body will crave those orgasms. So you have to, it's like the chicken and the egg. You have to almost start the thing before it starts wanting the thing, you know, I'm hearing so much permission, Yeah, permission that was never granted or even talked about to us when we had our first kids. Mm. Um, I'm older than you. I'm sure I'm older than you. I, I turned 40 in a few months. And for me, when I had my first kiddo breastfeeding was just coming back. Like Mm. Walmart was one of the first, I was working at Walmart home office at the time and they were one of the first employers to re and like not reinitiate, but initiate breastfeeding rooms for all of us that worked there. And so I got to take advantage of that and I could pump at lunch and Mm. still breastfeed my kid while I work full time. And, 
And I remember like, that was weird, let alone pelvic floor conversations. I didn't yeah. even know that a pelvic floor specialist existed until I met you ladies and you're all oh. talking about it. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? I don't even know what this is. So I hope that you talk a little bit more about pel- pelvic floor, but yeah. before you do, Hey, I just wanted to call out. I love that you're giving so much freaking permission for women. I love that you're saying the six week checkup does not mean you have to have sex for God's sakes, like take Mm -hmm. it slow. I love that you're reintroducing penetrative sex in an incredibly slow and really safe way. I love that. Like put it in and just stop. You know, I kept thinking about was this other visual was yoga class. Mm. Any of you listening have taken yoga and your body is really maybe not flexible or you haven't been in a long time and mobility is an issue and you're in those long poses for a while and it fucking hurts and you just (laughs) breathe and you just allow and you let your body just kind of melt. That's what I imagine that this was with you and Mark, that it was just him being so fucking incredibly patient. And he was probably also very excited because he's like, this is my love language. I love physical touch. She's letting me put myself <laughs> on her and in her. I'm like, yes. So mm. I would love for you to take a minute and and maybe do almost, I'm not like a, a PSA, but that's what I'm envisioning this is like mm-hmm. thinking about Mark and thinking mm-hmm. about the men that are out there who might have a pregnant you know, wife or partner, or they're about to go this, go through this again with their partner and maybe looking at things through a different lens. How can Mm. men stay patient while their wife goes through all of this? How can they be supportive? Mm. What are some tips that you have? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question so much because I see this, um, as a struggle a lot, like just in general, men feel a little lost during like, um, the postpartum phase. Cause they're like, what do I do? What's right. my role? How do I help? And so, you know, if they're listening to this and their partner hasn't listened to this yet, taking this idea to them and letting them know, like, I just ha- like heard this thing. And I, I understand now I, un- I understand enough because you will never understand what we're actually going through, but you understand enough to know how to help her navigate this, how to help her feel safe, um, to not feel pressured because that's where I, I hear it a lot is women are like, I don't want to give it to him. They don't know how to communicate. That's what it is. This is going to create common language for you guys. Now that's what I found is really important. It's a common language to say, okay, I understand you're still healing. You're mentally and physically not ready yet, but I, I, I desire, I crave connection with you, my person, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be penetrative sex, but what are you comfortable with? Would you like to just lay in bed together and just look at each other's bodies? Because also women are going to be very vulnerable. Their body is not like they remembered. And sometimes just appreciating the body for all that it has done, all that it has gone through. It is like her body's a fucking temple that created life and gave birth and is now nourishing and caring for your baby. Like just worship her, do a a nice sensual massage. And you can like, just pour love into her and tell her the parts of her body that you love or what you love about parts of her body. 
a massage is really great because one, it's going to create that physical connection. It's allowing her to go into her body without feeling pressure of an end result, AKA youth wanting sex. Tell her that from the very get-go. I literally just want to give you a massage because we've all heard that before. I'll give you a massage. And then they work their way down to the butt. They give you a couple squeezes like, Hey, you ready now? Like, take that off the table. That is not there. Like you're not having sex. So just give her some love and do a nice central massage, like draw her a bath, give her space to have time to herself. Because when she has, when she is fully resourced and is feeling supported outside of the bedroom in those areas, and, and she's going to start connecting with you more in the bedroom. Then you can start doing like, Hey, would you like to do mutual masturbation? Like you touch yourself. I'll touch myself. That just really helped us so much because I could still see him and be turned on by that and vice versa. And, but I knew that I was in complete control of all of the touch and everything. Um, so yeah, guys just go slow and just talk, just talk. (laughs) Great space for that. So yummy. (laughs) Just go slow and talk. (laughs) It really is that simple sometimes. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Would you cover what is a pelvic floor specialist? Mm -hmm. What does this person do? Are they... I can imagine a lot of people listening are like, are they putting their fingers inside you? Is this like a sex worker? (laughs) Why would you hire someone? And what can they do for you? Like, why should we? And so I was thinking, why should we hire one? But also like, when is it too late? Or is it never Mm -hmm. too late? Yeah. Tell me all the things. Yeah. So pelvic floor physical therapist is somebody that focuses on specifically pelvic floor. Um, they help with, uh, if you're having painful sex, they help after, um, you know, any sort of, uh, so if you've had a hysterectomy, if you've had a, a C-section, if you've had a natural, like a vaginal birth, um, there are so many different, if you've been in an accident, like there's so many different things that can cause, um, uh, what do I want to say there that, Mine just went blank. There are so many different reasons why you could go to a pelvic floor therapist. So yes, um, with um, pelvic floor therapy, sometimes they will do an internal exam. So what they're doing is they're checking the muscles and the tissues and the all of the connections. Because I mean, your pelvic floor holds like 90% of your body weight is supported by your pelvic floor. Like the entire upper body is supported by that pelvic floor. If you notice tight hips or back pain or anything like that, a lot of times that's your pelvic floor not being correct. And we have this um, mindset that if a woman has um, incontinence, so you cough and pee, sneeze and pee, laugh and pee, jump on a trampoline, pee a little bit, like your muscles are too weak. That's not exactly truth. It can be for some women, but uh, a lot of times women have too tight of a pelvic floor. 
And then what happens is because that's where we carry a lot of our tension. It's either in our neck and our shoulders or in our hips, our pelvic floor. That's where we carry that. So when you have a muscle that is tight all the time, and then you add extra pressure. So cough, pee, sneeze, sneeze, cough or sneeze, and you pee a little bit. That's because that adds that extra pressure and your muscles were so fatigued that they just give out. So it's actually because you might be too tight. And so doing Kegel exercises and things can actually exacerbate that. And you need to learn how to relax the muscles more. Um, and so what they can do is they'll do that exam and they'll figure out how, you know, like the, you know, just first part, there's like different degrees, second degree, third degree, fourth degree, which is all the way inside or in the muscles. I'm not a doctor. I don't know all of this. So <laughs> I'm just giving a very layman's term, sure. um, ex- explanation here. But I did, when I went, I told them what I was experiencing after my second daughter or after my second baby, um, that, they did an exam. They did a full exam, um, internally to feel all the muscles and everything like that. They can check for prolapse. So here's another thing that's not talked about. Prolapse is where you can have, there's different degrees and different things that can happen. So you can have like vaginal prolapse. Um, you can have like bladder. So like if you feel anything in your vaginal canal, talk to a pelvic floor therapist, like that should not be there. Like if you feel a bulge and sometimes like it will literally be to like where you can like see something like coming out of your vagina. That's a pretty severe prolapse. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so, and then there, you know, if it's a minor prolapse, like you can usually recover that with, um, pelvic floor therapy. If it's severe enough to where you're actually seeing something come out of your vagina, then that's usually where they would, um, put some sort of a sling or mesh to like basically restructure your pelvic floor and put everything back in place. I have so many questions. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) If you're not in your own vagina, like Mm -hmm. feeling around, is this something that your partner might be like, babe, I think something's up. Yeah. They, could totally feel a difference. And so it would definitely be something that you would like, they're like, Hey, something feels different. Obviously you're going to feel different because you had a baby and things are just mm-hmm. moved around a little bit. Um, but yeah, especially when it's ex- very prolapsed, very extended, I don't know the actual terminology, um, to that extent, like they might feel like, Hey, it feels shorter. Like you might think it's your cervix or it could feel like something like, but it almost might feel like something's blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, grab a mirror, check yourself out, look, look at yourself and see if it looks different to you. Um, if you notice anything, I mean, there's pictures, um, on Google, you can type, you know, what is prolapse images. They'll show you like, um, like medical graphics, like, um, like not actual pictures. What are they called? You know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. the it's like a, cartoon, it's like a cartoon graphic. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cartoon graphics. <laughs> there you go. I'm like, what are the words? <laughs> words. Okay. So you go to a pelvic floor specialist mm-hmm. or a prolapse. Um, what other reasons would you go? Yeah. Pain with sex. Pain with sex. Okay. Yeah, so if you're having any sort of pain with sex, don't go to your gynecologist, go to a pelvic floor therapist. And it's, it's to the, um, it's 
I believe it's accepted everywhere now. Like you don't need a referral to go to a pelvic floor therapist. You can just go um, find one in your area and make an appointment and just let them know, like I'm having pain with sex and I don't know why. And they'll go through the whole thing, ask you, you know, is it more external? Is it internal? Is it, you know, they'll go through all of the things mm-hmm. with you again. They will do a physical exam. They talk to you the whole time. Um, they do use lubricant and all the, th- all the things, you know, just very, um, appropriate. Um, and they'll just kind of check it out and, and then they'll tell you what your regimen will be. You know, like my husband had knee surgery. He had eight weeks of physical therapy. And so they'll tell you that, like, this will probably be like a six week, eight week regimen. It's like, if you're going physical therapy for any other part of your body and I someday will like legislate this, I don't know. I'm going to like make this a thing like that public floor (laughs) therapy should be included with insurance after you have a baby, because it is just automatic. If you have any type of surgery on your wrist, on your shoulder, on your knee, Mm -hmm you get physical therapy included with that. Why are we not helping moms to rehabilitate their body and be at their best after having a baby? No, instead six weeks, they're like, you can now have someone put their dick inside you. Congratulations. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. I'm like, "Mm, this is ridiculous. So yeah, yeah, that's just, if you've had a baby, I highly recommend just going because it's not going to hurt anything. Um, it will only one help answer questions that maybe you've had, or, you know, you'll might discover things like, Oh, I didn't know that was, you know, not normal, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and you'll just feel better for advocating for yourself. I love that. I heard a stat the other day that said one in three women have pain during sex. Mm. One in three. That is incredible. So I don't actually know what vaginismus is. Will you talk about that some more? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, it's the involuntary um, spasms of the muscle. So the muscles are contracting involuntarily um, and it can be caused for a variety of reasons. And so, like I said, it was like literally my, my muscles were just locked down. Like they were just like nothing was going in there. And a lot of times that is also where a pelvic floor therapist will, um, I kind of came up with my own regimen of how I did that. But a lot of times if it is really severe, that's where you have vaginal dilators, um, and you work your way up, you know, so you'll have the vibration, you'll do some massage. And then they're usually like silicone and they're graduated from like zero to like 10 centimeters, you know, and where you can like slowly work your way up to inserting those, um, comfortably and helping to kind of get, um, move past that pain, not like ignore the pain, but like resolve the pain. So Mm. amazing. Our bodies are so amazing. Yeah, they really are. If we just listen, like we talked about earlier, we've, we've gotten so disconnected from our bodies and, and listening to the messages that it sends us. And it is so wise. It knows what it needs. Mm-hmm. We just have to relearn the language that it, you know, how to listen. This has been such an amazing conversation. And again, I, I love the undertones of like allowing and being really slow, being curious and getting help when you mm. don't know what's going on or you're like, is this normal or is it not normal? Like, don't be afraid to get a coach or go to a pelvic floor specialist. Mm. Bree, would you tell us how you're working with women? 
Yeah. Um, so I, I do work with women um, individually and it kind of just wherever they're at in their journey. A lot of times they're like, I don't want sex anymore. I don't think about sex. I could care less about sex. And so we, we really dive in a little bit more to what is the undertone of that? What is causing you to not want it? Is it because you're exhausted from just having a baby or you're having pain or you're feeling disconnected from your partner? And we, we work through that. Um, I also do a book club. So group coaching, um, with a book called wanting to want, um, it's what kills your sex life and then how to get it back. And so we go through this book together and, um, what's really nice about this. What I love is because every group brings something different. Every person has their own experience, but there's so much commonalities that women find community because they're like, Oh, I'm not the only one going through this. And so I love these conversations that it opens up and, um, the support. And then again, creating, um, understanding of self and then creating common language of how to communicate your wants and desires to your partner as well. Um, so that's how I work with women, but then Mark and I also work with couples in this mm-hmm. space too. Yeah. What does that look like? And what kind of couples come to you? Yeah. Are they coming so, for? Like you mentioned before, Mark is a licensed professional counselor. He's been doing that for eight years. Um, and as I've been getting more into this space, working with postpartum women, um, we realized that there's no support for postpartum dads, you know, and to support, it's really about supporting the whole couple in this new journey. Um, because guys are like feeling lost. What's my purpose? How do I get connected to my partner? The first year after having a baby is the absolute toughest on a relationship. And that's where a lot of things can, um, happen. There's disconnect. And then if there's not repair, then typically those couples stay in roommate phase for a long time mm-hmm. and eventually end up divorced if they do not find a way to repair. And so we're trying to help those couples like repair as quickly as possible, creating a strong foundation of communication. And what's really great is that Mark offers the male perspective. He's able to support the men and understand what they are going through and experiencing and giving them support, giving men community, because it's also extremely important for them to have a community, um, as well as women, you know, you have your own friends, but then that makes you stronger to come together in your partnership because you're both being supported. Um, and so we offer that together, which is great. That's awesome. I've never heard of anybody in this particular space and it's so needed. I know I needed it when I had both my kids and I can imagine the men that are to your point, they're very displaced. They're like, I don't know where, where is my place in this new family? Where is my place in this relationship with Mm -hmm. my partner? Where is my place with this baby that I can't really do anything but change diapers for? Yeah. And there is a place the men are so needed. Yeah. Yeah. They They just need to know how to show up. And, and so we, we talk about that. Thank you for being on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been a fun conversation. I'll make sure and put all of your links below. So if people want book club or they want one-on-one coaching or they want group coaching, um, I'll also put all of your social links below. I hope you guys take a minute and stop 
follow Brie, go check out what she's doing. And if this isn't for you and you're not in this space in your life, you probably have someone that is a family member or a friend or a neighbor that needs to hear this. Let's help this next generation Mm -hmm. as they are coming into having children and making sure that they feel that permission, that they feel the allowance, that they're getting help. They're getting either coaching and or pelvic floor specialists. This is the message that we all needed to hear. (laughs) If you've already had kids and you're more of like a teenage space than me, uh, and we can pass this information on to the next group of folks having babies. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. (laughs)